Thank you so much for joining us for this week's message from Real Life Community, where we talk about connecting with God and others, growing in Christ-likeness, and sharing God's life with the world. My name is Sarah Comer, and I serve each week as Connections Pastor, making sure that you know that there is a God and a community that loves you and wants to go through the seasons of life with you. You can find us at reallifecommunity.org, and we would love to meet you on Facebook or Instagram. Until then, we hope this message meets you right where you are and helps you know just how deep the Father's love is for you. Who's thankful God never fails? That's right. Well, it's Graduate Sunday. It's an exciting time. Um, Some of us, it's hard to believe we have kiddos graduating. Um, Some of us, this is the first. Others, it's not the first, but... uh, be praying for parents over the next couple of days as we get weepy, you know, when our kids walk across the stage. And um, it is, it's an exciting time. But as I think back and as I was prepping for today, um, I think back to, well, the 1900s. That's weird to say. We graduated in the 1900s. Um, it's a few years ago, a couple decades ago, but I vividly remember the day of my graduation. I remember how cool I felt. I remember walking across that stage, getting my diploma, and feeling like I own the world. I had arrived, life could begin, all was good, it was graduation day. Um, I do believe on the way home from my baccalaureate service, little tidbit, I got a speeding ticket. I maybe was a little too excited (laughs) that I was graduating, but I remember that day vividly. And as I have now been out of school for a while, I look back and I think about um, how foundational those years were in my life, right? I know we've all had those moments where we were like, what am I ever going to do with this after I graduate? And then I'll admit there are some of those things that we've not done anything with them since we've graduated, but there are a lot of things that we did learn. There are a lot of things that were foundational that helped like build those blocks of who we were going to be in life. And so this morning, we're going to look at that. Um, We're going to talk about my challenge today is for our graduates, but this isn't just for our graduates. My challenge is for all of us. It's to remind us that um, while our education builds those foundational, those blocks in our lives, um, and we learn those basics, um, the challenge is for us to remember that this carries on all throughout our lives, that the foundation isn't something that we lay and we're done. It's something that continues to grow until the day that we die. And so today, I hope that even if you're in here and and you're like, well, I graduated 50 plus years ago, that you still hear God saying, I'm still working in you. I'm not done with you. So from the youngest in this room to the oldest, God is still doing a work in us. And as I think about math, right? I hated math, you guys. I just did not, I was not a good math student. My boys, thank God, did not get my gift for math. Um, But I did not love math. But math helped me. It gave me some skills to manage a family and now to be a pastor. Weird, right? Um, English taught me to spell and to write so that I could communicate. Look what I do every week. I write and I communicate. So English helped me with those things. It helped me um, realize my passion for creative writing. It It all started with a story in sixth grade about a red pen. My, t- my teacher, Miss Haney, asked us to write a story about a day in the life of a red pen. I was so excited to write about the day in the life of a red pen. I think I might still have that in my files somewhere. 
I was so excited. So I loved create, and that was literally the beginning of creative writing for me. Fast forward to parenting my oldest. We take Reagan, she, we pick her up from school one day in elementary school and she says, I have to write a creative story. And I'm like, yes, like it's time for her. And I'm like, okay, what are we gonna write about? And she goes, I don't know. So Jeremy and I, you know, being the great parents that we are sometimes, we're like, well, how about let's write about a tree. Let's talk, and I'm like just picking some object on the way home. Let's talk about what that tree, what is that tree doing? And she goes, standing there. And I was like, oh, okay. So, whew, her, her love for creative writing didn't come until a little bit later. If you know Reagan, her, develop, her skill of creative writing has developed over, a little, over the last few years, from that day of the trees doing nothing but standing there to being able to write what she does today. We've watched that, that foundational skill in her life of writing and what God has done through her in that. I think about... Um, science, right? And I'm still trying to figure out what science taught me that I'm using today. I'm sure it taught me something. I almost failed out of chemistry because I was not a science. I was the English and history girl. I was not the math and science girl, right? Anybody else agree on that one? Come on. There's a couple of you. Thank goodness. Um, plays taught me to be comfortable on a stage and on a platform. I loved being in front of people. I loved getting up and, and being a part of that and getting to be a part of a team to put a production together. And so plays taught me that in school. Sports taught me the importance of being a part of a team, listening to a coach, listening to my teammates and working together, realizing I couldn't be the one-man show in the sport that I was in. So I had to be a part of a team. Friendships, and yes, even the drama, taught me about healthy relationships and conflict management. Sometimes it was how not to handle conflict management. Anybody? How many of you look back to high school and think, ooh, I should have done that differently, right? Some of you, if you haven't had that moment yet, you'll, you'll have it at some point. But we have those moments. Jace just shared with me something recently um, about something that his years in school have taught him. We were talking about what he wants to do in the future, and, and he has kind of, he's gone in undecided for Treveca, but is starting to lean in a certain direction where he feels like God is leading him. And where he's leaning all is attributed to some seriously, really cool influences in his life in elementary and high school. And those came in the form of coaches, athletic directors, and gym teachers. They are the ones who, when no one else believed in Jace, they did. They're the ones who, when other people wanted to write off Jace because of something he was doing or wasn't doing, they said, I believe in you. And so Jace is saying, I want to turn around and do for kids what those people did in my life. So your years in school are foundational. I want to talk about foundations this morning. Open to Matthew 7, verses 24 through 29. How many of you know the story as I was reading this passage? Every t I don't know. Those of you who have grown up in the church for years and years, I don't know if you read Bible verses and sing songs from children's church in your head like I do, but I do. And I'm the, the wise man built his house upon the rock. I'm like doing the motions with my hand from kids' church here. Some of you are like, what in the world are you talking about? It's okay. It's a song that we used to sing about the wise man building his house. But let's talk about it this morning. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine 
and puts them into practice is like the wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it didn't fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like the foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. This is the word of the God, and we all say together, thank you, Jesus. So we learn from this that when we build a house, it's important to have a strong foundation. We, you have to, it's got to be built well in order for the house to stand. How many of you have ever built a house, have ever been a part of building a house? Like, you didn't just go buy a house, you were part of actually building that house from the ground up. You know when you build that house that you want there to be a strong foundation, right? And if you're in Michigan or anywhere up north, you want, the, you want the basement to be strong so it doesn't crumble. There's not really basements here. But we, you want a strong foundation for that home. We were just talking with Craig Garbison about this last week, about they put a pool in last summer. And Craig was talking about he did it himself. And Jeremy and I were like, oh, man. Like, we know what the ground here is like. And to dig in and put a pool in, that is work. And he, so he was talking about leveling the ground, and he was talking about measuring and making sure it was in the right place in the yard so they didn't accidentally dig into the septic field. All important things, right? I know. We don't want to do that. It's a bad place to start digging. So we, he had to make sure that it was all in the right place, and he had to make sure that the, the posts for the deck around the pool were cemented in place so they didn't crumble and fall when someone would stand on it. Again, all important things. Having the strong foundation is essential. I want to share a story with you. In 1174, an Italian architect named Bonanno Pisano began on what would become his most famous project, a separately standing bell tower for the cathedral of the city of Pisa. The tower was to be eight stories high. That's 185 feet tall. There was just one little problem. The builders quickly discovered that the soil was much softer than they had anticipated. And the foundation was far too shallow to be adequately, to adequately hold that structure. And sure enough, before long, the whole structure began to tilt. And it continued to tilt until finally the architect and the builders realized that nothing could be done to make the leaning tower of Pisa stand straight again. It took 176 years to build the Tower of Pisa. That is a long time, you guys. And during that time, many things were done to try and compensate for the tilt. The foundation was shored up. The upper, le upper levels were even built with an angle to try and make the top of the tower look straight. Nothing worked. The tower has stood for over 800 years, but there are definitely problems. Not too long ago, after having been closed for almost a dozen years, the Leaning Tower of Pisa was finally reopened to the public. During that 12-year closure, engineers completed a $25 million renovation project designed to stabilize the tower. They removed 110 tons of dirt and reduced its famous lean by about 16 inches. Why was that necessary? because the tower was tilting further and further away from vertical 
for hundreds of years to the point that the top of the 185-foot tower was 17 feet further south than the bottom. And the Italian authorities were concerned that if nothing was done, it would soon collapse. What was the problem? Was it a bad design? Poor workmanship? An inferior grade of marble? No, the problem was underneath. The sandy soil on which the city of Pisa was built was not stable enough to support a monument of this size. The problems all stemmed from the foundation. So we were standing here in prayer before service this morning talking about the distance of 17 feet. And I want you to look at something. I'm going to have Jeremy stand on that side. The bottom of the tower stands where I'm at. The top of the tower is where Jeremy's at. That's how far the leaning tower of Pisa was leaning. There's a problem with the foundation, right? A little bit. I would not want to be in that tower ever leaning like that. I don't even like to be in a tower really high when it's straight up. We went to the John Hancock building with friends years ago, and I remember I had to go to the bathroom. We were in the um, signature room. It's the restaurant on the 95th floor of the John Hancock Tower. We went up to this restaurant, and I went into the bathroom only to realize that the whole wall of the bathroom is glass. Okay. Your girl can handle heights a little bit. But when I got to go to the bathroom and I've got to walk by glass walls, and at the top of that building and it's really windy, you can start to feel it sway. I literally went to the, I walked along the stalls like this to get into the stall because I was, I could not look out that window. And my girlfriend's like, this is the coolest thing ever. And I'm like, get back. Like, oh, it was awful. So I would not have been in the Leaning Tower piece. 17 feet. That's a long way. The foundation matters. It's all about the base. I hear a song in my head for that too, sorry. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) That was a free one. That came out. Um, (laughs) All right. We've got to know our foundation. We have to know our base. We have to know the location and the condition of the ground underneath us. And the same is true of our hearts. We've got to know the condition of our hearts in order for our foundation to be right. We have to take time for maintenance. Graduates, you have just arrived at graduation, but this does not mean that it's done. For you, this is just the beginning of the rest of your lives. The four of you high school graduates in here, God has really great things in store for you. Our college graduates, God has great things in store for you too. It's just the beginning. Check your foundation Adults, check your foundation. How's it faring, right? How many of you have lived in a house and after a while, you've got to seal some cracks in the foundation? You've got to do some maintenance to make sure that it holds up. It's gotten weak. It's letting moisture in. You've got to seal it off. Adults, how's your foundation? Shore up and maintain the work that God started in you. We might look different in this room. We do. We all look different. We're different sizes, but guess what? Size doesn't matter. In a foundation, size does matter. When you're building, getting the right measurement and the right size matters. But when it comes to our hearts, Jesus is one size fits all. He doesn't care your size. He doesn't care what space you have to offer him. He'll, He'll take dwelling wherever you'll let him. 
foundation matters when you're adulting. This word, y'all, gets me. I love it. I crack up when I hear people say, I just can't adult today. And I'm like, I don't want to adult a lot of days either, but we get to. So to my young friends in this room who say, I can't adult today, let's talk about adulting for a minute. What does adulting do? Adulting helps you work a job. Adulting helps you raise a family. Young mamas in here, can I get an amen? Yeah, you're learning, aren't you? Young daddies in here too? Didn't want to leave you out. Adulting helps you pay the bills. Something we got to do. Adulting helps you love your spouse. Adulting helps you be a good neighbor. We spent some time last fall talking about what's it look like to be a good neighbor. Weak foundations will crumble. And when we talk about the condition of our heart and letting Christ dwell in our heart, if our foundation on Christ is weak, it's going to crumble. And we're going to crumble and all those things are going to fall apart. Growth does not happen overnight, though. It's not something you just say, all right, God, here's my whole life, and it's going to fix everything. It took 176 years to build the Leaning Tower of Pisa. It leaned further and further for 800 years. It took over 12 years to shore it up. That work took time. The work of your heart takes time, too. But God's not giving up, because in that song it says he's never failing. Let's look at worldly foundations, things that people build their, their life on. They build their life on philosophy. Now, wait, let me first say this. Things, these things are not necessarily wrong. But if your foundation is not on Christ first and it's on these other things, then you're going to start to get off kilter. Philosophy, science, politics, a job and career, family, religious foundations, Congregational history, tradition, ritual, man-made creeds, and good works. When Christ is our foundation, all of these other things are great. They fit into our life. We find places for them, right? Because we look at all these things through the lens of what Christ is doing in us and through the foundation that we stand on with him. My family. If my relationship with the Lord is not where it needs to be, if I'm not standing on that foundation of Christ, then I can't be the mom I'm supposed to be. If I am not digging into God's word and, and learning from it and, and asking God to teach me and let it mold and shape me, then I can't be the mom that I need to be to Reagan, Jason, Ryland. I can't be the wife that I need to be to Jeremy because honestly, when I'm off kilter in my relationship with Christ, they get my cranky and my mess. It's true. Some days I literally have to take a time out. I know, right? We give our kids time out and say, they're so bad. Sometimes we're the ones who's bad and we got to step out and take a break. Our kids can learn from that though. Kids, don't look at your parents right now and say, you need a time out, okay? Don't do that. I know, I'm like, I see a couple of them like, don't do it. But we do, we need to take a time out sometime. My job as your pastor and you're all like, well, you've got to do that because you're a pastor. Well, let's pretend I'm doing something else, right? I've worked several other jobs in life. My job is different when my foundation is on Christ. The way I respond to my coworkers is different when my foundation is on Christ. The way I respond to my bosses in life is different when Christ is the center of my life. 
the way I respond to the things that I do, you know, the, the ways that I love on friendships, those are different when Christ is my foundation. And if Christ is off and he's not my foundation, then those things are going to fall apart. Proverbs 4.7 says, wisdom is supreme, therefore get wisdom. Simple, right? Where do you get wisdom? Proverbs 9.10, fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. Can I just say here, I remember as a kid hearing that term, fear of the Lord. And I thought, why would I want to be afraid of God? I came to understand what fear of the Lord meant. It's awe and reverence of God. It's not being afraid of him. Because, man, he loves you. He doesn't want you to be scared of him, but he wants you to revere him. Jesus defines the wise builder as one who hears the word and is faithful in doing it. So how do we hear the word? Well, we're going to hammer home on this today. My seniors, look at this book. This is an important book in your life. All of us in this room, look at this book. This is essential in our walk with Christ. Our foundation comes from the words that are here. We read it. But we don't just read it to say, "Mm, check that off the list for the real life reading plan. No, study it. Reflect on it. Ask God what he wants to say to you from it. Participate in groups that are studying on it. That is a shameless plug for groups around here. Folks, we want to see more participation of real life in in our small groups. And then, as the Nike slogan says, anybody? Just do it. Do what it says. Don't just read it to read it, but start living like it. Let it shape everything you do, and not just what you do in here on Sunday mornings. Let it shape you when you walk out the door and you're at the restaurant and you're tired and cranky and hungry, and the waitress is taking forever. Let it shape your patience. Let it shape you on Monday when you don't want to get up and go to work because it's a long weekend. Let it shape you on Tuesday when you got a whole rest of the week to make it through. Let it shape you on Wednesday when you've run from six kids' activities to the next. Let it shape you on Thursday when you're just trying to hold it together for the weekend again. Let it shape you on Friday when you're hanging out with your friends. This should shape all of us not just us for an hour on Sunday morning. James 2.26, faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. Do what it says. James 1.22, don't just listen to God's word. Do what it says. Otherwise, you're just fooling yourselves. When your foundation is built on Christ, you're going to be vastly different than those who are built on sand. You're going to withstand pressure from above. You're going to withstand pressure from underneath you. You're going to withstand pressure from all around you. Your faith and your foundation are not tested on the sunny days when things are good. Your faith and your foundation are tested in the midst of your storms. And every one of us can talk about storms we've been through. We could spend weeks here sharing the storms of our lives that we've been through. Some of you, their storms so, so deep, you don't even want to tell people about them. But when your faith is grounded in Christ, he's going to carry you through those deepest and darkest of storms. 
and he's going to carry you through the consequences of the ones that happened even before you knew him. Listen to me here. Graduates, listen. Just like your education has trained you and prepared you for life, so has the church. If you've been a part of kids' church at any time in your life, if you've been a part of youth group, if you've set through sermons, all of these things are things to help mold and shape you. The work of Pastor Sierra in kids' church is laying the foundation for kids so that when they leave her and come into youth group, they've got a foundation and they, they have an understanding of the word of God. <clears throat> they have an understanding of the love of God and who he is. I love when kids first come into youth group. Some of you older kids are like, meh. But those kids are excited about Jesus. I don't want that to die off, teenagers, when you're in youth group and all of a sudden you're too cool for love of Jesus. It's foundational. So what I'm saying to you is this. Don't forget the foundation that was laid for you. Don't forget the teachings of children's ministers and of youth pastors and of leaders and of not even, I don't even want to just say leaders of groups because you know who's just as important as the one who's in charge? All of the volunteers who work in your classes, who lead a small group, college students who come down from Trevecca to invest in you. Those people are just as important. For me, it was one of those leaders who was one of the most influential people in my life. Remember those people. Don't walk away from church just because you've graduated. Plug in, volunteer, stay connected. God's not done with you. He's just beginning. How many of you teens remember Robert Pack coming to youth group a couple months ago? Come on now. Raise your hand, teens. How many of you remember? There you go. I got a couple hands. All right. Robert Pack, I asked permission so I don't have to buy him lunch. No, I'm just kidding. I could still buy you lunch, Robert. But I asked permission to talk about this. But Robert came to youth group a couple of months ago. And he, we were talking about, the kids were asking questions of our panel of adults. I, again, I can't thank all of the adults enough for being a part of those panels. But they were asking questions, and Robert was up here. And one of the things that Robert talked about was how easy it is to get out of rhythm and routine. How easy it is to all of a sudden not even show up on a Sunday morning because you're out of that rhythm and routine. It's the same way with your entire relationship with the Lord before you know it. This has grown dust in the closet. You can't remember the last time you went to church. You've lost contact with the other people in this room. Look around for a minute. Turn around. Look around. You have my permission. Those of you on the camera, there's lots of people in here. Look around. Go ahead. I give you permission. Look around. These are your people. This is your community. I know there's visitors in here today because it's Graduate Sunday, but I want you to realize this is your community, and you should know each other. And if you don't, my challenge is this. Get to know someone. If you look around this room this morning and you don't know somebody's name, walk up to them after church and say, hey, I'm, I'm Christy. What's your name? Well, don't say I'm Christy, but <laughs> what's your name? Maybe you've been here for a long time. I'm sorry. I just, I can't remember names. And can I ask this? If someone comes up to you and says, hey, what's your name? Are you new here? 
give them grace even if you've been here for 10 years. Seriously, because some people just aren't great with names. So give some grace today. But you have my permission. Why? Because we need to be community for each other. Seniors graduating, we want to be your community. Don't disconnect. It's easy to completely lose your foundation when you're disconnected. Become a shelter for others to take refuge in. That's what happens when when our foundation is on Christ and, and we're standing where we need to be. We can be shelter for other people. We can be the the ladder, right, that they can lean on when they're tired. We can be light in the darkness of their lives. Having a foundation that's built on Christ allows you to be all of this and more. I was thinking about a Jenga game. Ryland's going to help me with the camera on this part for just a second. All right. So I was thinking about a Jenga game as I was building this, and I was thinking about foundations, and how, how many of you have played Jenga? Come on, I had a couple girls in this, the morning, they're like, we love Jenga. And I'm like, and Sierra was like, don't touch it yet. I think it's for this morning. But when we start to take things away from our foundation, it's weak, right? And we start to, oh, I don't, I don't really, I'm not going to read today. I don't have time. Mm, do I really need to be part of that small group? No, I'm just too busy. Well, okay, ooh, look what happens. My foundation starts to shake a little bit because I've lost, I've lost what's important. I've lost those key foundational things. Oh, does, you know, I'm just so busy. Do I need to go to church this Sunday? No, I don't have time for that. Mm. Do I, I don't have time. I don't even have time to listen to that sermon online. Yeah. You know what? I don't even like people. Mm. Well, yeah, read again, the pastor challenged us, whatever. Well, I lost a couple days, so guess what? I'm just going to give up all together. It's little things. It's not one big block all at the same time. It's little decisions to let it fall apart. It's little things that lead to the crack in the foundation. Friends, it's time to shore up our foundations. Seniors, we have a gift for you today. Jeremy's going to come up here with me for just a minute. We want to give you the most treasured gift that we could think of. I've heard seniors in the past when Jeremy and I have given them these refer to this as their grown-up Bible. (laughs) Whatever that means. It's a slimline Bible that you can take anywhere with you. We wanted you to have a fresh word of God that you could take with you. And my hope and my prayer for you is this, that you'll wear it out, that the cover will be falling apart because you've opened it so many times, that it'll be highlighted and marked and written in the columns the things that God is teaching you and challenging you with, that it'll shape who you are, I just got my new Bible last year when I graduated from college. And I had an old one that I did not want to give up. Jeremy's kept saying for years, let me rebind that. And I'm like, I would have to go two months without it. I don't want to do that. Now I could because I have another one that I can read. But I 
I love that Bible because that Bible has memories in there. I have dates in the margins when significant things in life happened. I put a date in there. I, there's one there, it says Puerto Rico, 2015. There's another one that says um, Dad's Death, 2018. There's another one in there that says uh, Reagan's Graduation, 2019. There's dates around verses that matter. I have the kids' names next to passages that I pray over them. God, be a wall of fire around my kids and be the life within them. Mark it up. Those of you who are not graduating from high school, pull it out. I know it's great to have an electronic Bible, but man, there is something about having the word of God in your hand. Pull it out, dust it off, read it. Don't have one? Come see me after church. We're going to find a Bible for you. Dig into it. Read it. Allow it to shape you. So this morning, I would like Jace and Taylor and Philip and Hannah to join me up front, and I'd like your parents and your family that want to be with you to come up as well. Stand across the front. This is our seniors. This is Hannah Higgins. She's graduating from Cannon County High School. Hannah, what are your plans after graduation? I am going to Motlow for two years for speech and commerce, and then I want to be a travel nurse eventually one day. Awesome. Hopefully. So cool. Jace, what are your plans after graduation? Jace is graduating from Blackman High School. Taylor. <laughs> and you're graduating from Franklin Road, Franklin Road Academy? Christian. Christian School. There we go. All right. Philip. <laughs> He's Johnson High School. Johnson Academy. Johnson Academy. Okay. Seniors, hear me. Jeremy's going to hand each one of you a Bible. Your name is on your Bible. Jeremy's written a note to you in there. Devour this. This can be one of the most treasured gifts you own. Jace, won't you step over here? And Taylor, why don't you step over by your mom and dad there? There you go. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we come to you this morning and we lift up these seniors to you. God, we pray in, in the moments as they prepare, some, one of them has already walked in his graduation and the others are preparing to. Lord God, I pray that you would help them to recall the foundations that have built, been built in their life. Help them to recall the things that are teaching them and, and have enabled them to grow and to be the people that you want them to be in the days and weeks and months ahead. Lord Jesus, for Hannah, I pray that the things that she puts her hands to would be blessed, Lord, that the, the way that she desires to be a nurse, God, open the doors for her to do that. 
I thank you now for the homes that she's going to be able to go into and minister to people there. To be that love and that peace and that caring presence that takes care of patients. Lord Jesus, I pray for Jace and the hands that he will lead and guide through physical therapy and, and the ways that you will teach him. Lord God, I pray that you would prepare the way for him. May his education be foundational, but God, may he remember that you are the first foundation. Lord Jesus, for Taylor, who's graduated already or graduating this week, Lord, and who he's going to go to work, God, I pray that you would bless the work of his hands and that you would bless the family business through the work that he does. Lord, as he works with his dad and his grandpa, what, a, what an amazing thing that is to be able to do. And God, I just pray that this would be great moments between family members working together. God, more than that, may the work of the kingdom expand because of the work that they do in their business. And Lord Jesus, I pray for Philip and his, his degree that he's preparing to go do at MTSU and to go into theater. God, this is a man who is blessed in the gift of theater. And God, as much as you blessed him in that gift to be on a stage and to capture attention from people, God, may he capture that same attention as he shares the love of Jesus with people. May you use these men and this woman to become world changers in the world where they find themselves. God, may their hands be an extension of you. May their feet be an extension of your steps. May others come to know you because of these four lives. And Lord, this morning, I pray for those that are in this room, God, who are saying, my foundation is weak. I'm crumbling. I'm tired. I've let things get in the way of, of my priorities. I have the wrong foundation, and I want to stand on Christ. Lord Jesus, this morning I pray that they would make the decision right here and right now to say, I'm going to stand on you, Christ. I'm going to let you come into my heart. You be center of who I am. God, may we become a church who wears out our Bibles. But not just opens them and reads them, but God, may we be shaped and transformed. And maybe, may we become world transformers because of what we read and because of how our lives are changed. May you do a work in us beyond what we could imagine. Lord, we thank you for Colin and, and for Nikki and their graduation from Trevecca last weekend. Lord, I pray for, the, for Nikki's job going to work for her dad's company and the, the job that she's continuing in Franklin. God, I pray that you would use her. Use her gift of art, Jesus, to minister to others. Jesus, for Colin and his, his degree in worship, God, I thank you that he's, he's getting to stick around here with us for just a little bit longer. But God, I pray that in the coming years that you would open the right door for Colin to be a minister of worship where you want Colin to be. God, whatever church ends up with Colin in the long run is going to be blessed like we have been blessed and like we get to be blessed for at least one more year. So, Lord Jesus, I thank you for Colin. I thank you for his heart. I thank you for um, his passion for people. And I thank you for letting him pick this small church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, to drive to every Sunday and commit to say, this is my people. God, help us to remember to look around this room and say, these are my people who don't I know. 
Help us to make connections. Help us to have a coffee together. Help us to have a meal together. Help us to get out of our comfort zones. Help us to change our schedule a little bit so that we have some room for some people in our lives. May we take care of each other. God, be our foundation. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys can go ahead and be seated. And this is your blessing today. So will you stand with me this morning? Hear the words. And remember this week, check your foundation, shore it up, seal the cracks, and do some maintenance. Thank you for joining us today. We would love for you to join us in person. Our address is 2022 East Main Street in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. If you'd like to make a donation to keep our podcast ministry going, you can do so online at reallifecommunity.org slash give. Thanks again for listening.